Elliot Engel, and I'll say his name once, used to say that he was a thorn in the side of Donald Trump. But you know what Donald Trump is more afraid of than anyone, anything else? A black man with power. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Their defense is atrocious. The rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Welcome back to Swish FM. Thanks for tuning in. Chris Mendelk and Ben Cry here. Uh, ben, the NBA is slated to resume play in Orlando, Florida. A lot to discuss today, man. How is everything? How are you feeling? Can't wait. Can't wait to uh, to, to talk about all the uh, all these exciting roster breakdowns. Uh, <laughs> I want to uh, you know know all about uh, free agents. You know the big. Fr- <laughs> The big free agent signings that the Knicks are looking at. We got the new, you know, Leon Leon Rose and World Wide West. Oh the the new era has begun in New York. So couldn't be up. more excited about that. Let really, the just completely. Begin. Let the recruitment who, who, begin. Who baby? I think it's going to be a new age for Knicks basketball. I think the Garden is back. In all seriousness, has has there been a better like has a team had a better off season? than the Knicks in terms of, like, they're out of it. So there's no, like, should we resume play? Shouldn't we resume play? They're like, yeah, we suck, so we won't be there. Like, no issue here. We're just going to work on, like, hiring executives and, like, advanced scouts and, uh, like, no moral ethical dilemmas here for the Knicks. But, um yeah. Yeah. What the, uh, is uh, what is Julius Randle up to? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I would I, love to I, know. <laughs> has he spoken out uh, about uh, the 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 bubble? I want to I want to know what. I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Curious to know yeah. what, what's going on with Julius. What's going on with RG Barrett right now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last week we were uh, talking about you know like civil rights stuff and racism and police brutality and activism, political activism and reform and like how these um, like social issues are sort of intersecting with like the choices that athletes are making about resuming the NBA season in Walt Disney World. And we'll get into like the specifics of what the NBA has planned, but then like very, very broadly, the idea is that like the league is going to resume in Orlando, Florida from Disney World using a series of lockdown hotels and venues without any fans in attendance. That's like the broad overview. Um, and last week we sort of like discussed kind of the, the moral quandary and like the catch 22 that, you know, a group of like largely African American men uh, have in terms of like propping up a sports and entertainment business, 99% of which is owned and operated by straight white men. Um, but today I wanted to talk about like a different kind of moral thing, which is, you know, a different kind of like predicament. And I have a feeling it's actually all a part of the same conversation. Like last week we were discussing like the race element of it. And today I wanted to talk about like, um, just like the basic health and safety issues that are being presented in Orlando. And, um, 
Yeah, just like kind of like what the moral responsibility that people have to one another is as we all sort of like live and work through the the pandemic, this like global health crisis. Right. So um, I don't know where to begin, but like I thought I would just like throw that out there and just basically like ask you uh, and and me to kind of think about and talk aloud about like what are some of like the moral and ethical like dilemmas that the league and the players are kind of like considering when they re- you know debate whether to resume or participate in the resumed NBA season. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like last week uh, we sort of started out our conversation like kind of making the point that we wanted to separate out the 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 sort of two elements of, uh, you know, concern, hesitation, whatever you want to call it yeah. about resuming the NBA season. Um, and last week we kind of focused on, on the one, uh, track of, you know, the sort of racial social issues. Um, and sort of because we wanted to like focus on that, we didn't really discuss at all the, the health, the, the virus, uh, element. And of course they are totally intertwined. Um, but I sort of feel like because of that, they get kind of like lumped together a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, that's all to say that we haven't really spent any time on the podcast yet about like the whole, you know, health and safety, uh, uh, you know, guidelines that were sent out. Uh, this is back on, I think, the 16th of June. So, yeah, almost over a week ago now. Um, uh, but I guess they were broken by like Woj and Shams like before that. But anyway, um, we haven't really gotten into like the details. I mean, by now everyone who would be listening to this, I'm sure has kind of like read the articles and, and, and seen the details for themselves. So we're not going to like recap, uh, you know, week old, uh, (laughs) news at this point. Um, but I think it's definitely sort of like interesting to talk about and break down um and yeah like i said it's totally related to like the kind of broader idea of having uh you know a workforce basically you know forced back into production um in order to make money uh for both yes the workers but also the uh you know the managers um and the idea that basically the workforce, uh, in this case, the NBA players are assuming and the staff, uh, it's important to remember them, uh, are assuming all of the risk um, and not just to like their actual lives, since we all know this is a deadly virus, but also to like their future economic, like livelihood, earning, like their, their earning, their, their earning yeah, their earning ability. Um, because of course, even if you contract this virus and you don't die, um, God willing, uh, we still don't even know, you know, some of the long-term health effects, uh, you know, the ramifications, uh, of this virus. And of course we're talking about athletes who, you know, uh, uh, workers who, uh, rely a hundred percent on their bodies in order to make money. Um, so it's pretty important for those bodies to not be compromised, uh, in any way. Um, for the future. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot to kind of unpack here. And, um, I I think you hit the nail on the head as simply as like, you know, last week we were talking about the specifics of race politics and, and social issues. And today we kind of want to talk about health and safety. And I think it's helpful to sort of, um, separate those things to, to honestly talk more specifically about the unique, 
things at play in those issues, but they're actually very much intertwined. Um, yeah. And in my estimation, like inherently it's racist to ask a group of young black men to entertain us in a work environment that's unsafe. Um, yes. <laughs> and so ba- basically I, I want to talk about like the ethics of having people work in an environment that's unsafe, regardless of their race. But in this case, since it's the NBA, we need to talk about race because 90%, 85% of the league is African-American. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, like the first thing that I just sort of wondered about, I texted you at one point during the week, which was like, uh, you know, basically like can the, can the NBA, uh, the MLB, the NFL, any of these professional sports leagues, can they recover basically from a business standpoint um, and from like a reputation standpoint, a reputation standpoint, can any of the leagues actually recover if someone winds up dying from COVID-19 as a direct result of playing in the bubble, whether it's a, a coach, whether it's a player, if it's a referee, if it's a player's spouse, a broadcaster, an employee at Disney, whether it's a worker brought in to help sanitize the environment, whatever it is. And, you know, I, I, I was wondering, and, and to me, that answer is such an obvious no, the league absolutely can't recover if someone dies. If And, and, and maybe yeah. the more important important question is do we think that adam silver has like drawn a line in the sand about like well what's what what's the what are the terms under which he'd suspend the season again like what what's the number right is, is there a certain number of positive cases is it a which he has very deliberately gone out of his way not to talk about uh delineate not not to not to yeah it's, um, it's it's changing i don't know it's, what's that what's it called like when you're moving the goalposts in a negotiation right it's a it's a fluid situation whatever sure, um sure. which is what he says over and over again i don't know if he has like a metric that he's just keeping a secret because he doesn't want to um it's in no way advantageous it, it serves him no interest to say this is the point at which we cancel the season <laughs> Right, because then uh, it, it allows him less flexibility um, if, if that situation does, you know, uh, is reached. So I don't know if he, I assume that they do have like some sort of internal metric that they're like, okay, if we hit this point, we're probably going to have to stop things. But I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're Maybe literally they like, we're I, just going to take it day by day and sort of see how things are and weigh public reaction and weigh player reaction and weigh owner reaction and like there's a good chance that like they actually don't have um any like hard and fast guidelines to this right. um and which is uh, hor- I'm reminded horrifying at, horrifying yeah I, i'm reminded at this point by yet another uh fantastic henry abbott tweet um this was from a few days ago yeah so on june 23rd that's yesterday as of the time we're recording this which is wednesday afternoon the 24th um, Henry Abbott wrote, um, NBA has not published guidelines for shutting down. Uh, and then he quotes, he has a little uh, screenshot of a quote from an epidemiologist saying, quote, you don't want to be making panicked, arbitrary decisions later. Um, and basically, like, that's how <laughs> the NBA uh, got in the situation in the first place, which was not really having a plan um, when it was very clear that the that the virus was spreading rapidly and was going to be an issue. Um, and that's why a the league was suspended when a referee uh, p- like fucking pa- like panicked, uh, r- you know, rushed out onto a court to uh, call a game. 
Um, so like if they don't want a repeat of that happening, <clears throat> you know, how are they going to uh, um, basically prevent that with like with more concrete guidelines? They haven't told us. Um, I think it makes sense why they haven't told us. But um, but yeah, it's definitely like a yeah. pretty pressing uh, question, I would say. Yeah. And um, I think that's like the question. That's the entry point that got me thinking this week that I sort of wanted to discuss on the podcast. And it's, you know, it's like, first of all, what would it take for Adam Silver to say the end doesn't justify the means? Like, again, like, mm-hmm. is it is it a person dying? Is it a person getting incredibly sick, even if they don't die? Is it right. 20 positive cases? And like, right. Out of curiosity, like, what is the met? Like, what what is the point at which you say, "Well, that's too much." You know, like we could right. handle this, but not that. And so there are these sort of ethical questions that come along with it. But then, you know, like in our talking this week, it just became very clear the reason that the league is moving forward is because it's a giant corporation, and they have a vested interest in making money. And yes. And, like, we were texting about, like, ultimately, I think, you know, we love the ba- we, we love basketball, we love the NBA, and this is, like, something we've talked about on the podcast before. Like, it's important to have, uh, you know, eth- moral and ethical conversations about corporations whose products we greatly enjoy using and then also like look at their business practices and realize like they aren't sound. So like, I love my Apple computer. I love my iPhone. Um, it's indispensable to me. And yet it's incredibly problematic knowing that there was probably like child labor involved to create that product. And I don't totally know what the solution is, but like we can start guessing. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think a similar thing is, kind of at play here with the NBA, which is we, we can say we love the product, but that doesn't mean we are uh, immune from offering some criticism to the product. Yeah. I, I wondered if like we could talk about some of the terms and the specifics involved with the restart because they are sort of like baffling. Oh yeah, they're ridiculous. I mean, like it, it literally feels... Um, like uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like I don't know. Like you said, catch twenty two earlier. Um, and uh, in that in that book, which I read like a really fucking long time ago, I just remember like the kind of premise of that book is just the sheer absurdity of everything. Um, and in that case, it was talking about war and how just like r- the, the ridiculous kind of like illogical, absurdist kind of scenarios that you get yourself in. Um, in such a an insane kind of like situation and to me like uh there's no more like clearer um kind of like image of that than the end than the the uh, little like um article uh from the 113 page health and safety memo that uh that Woj was like uh getting all excited about of how the uh, the the health and safety memo prohibits players from playing uh, doubles ping pong. Um, <laughs> so they prohibit play uh, p- players from playing doubles ping pong um, so that they don't infect each other with the virus. Um, meanwhile, they will be playing basketball, basketball. every day um, in a closed arena. Um, basketball is a sport, if you've never played it, Chris, uh, 
that involves a lot of um, very close quarter uh, contact, um, uh, uh, physical contact between human beings. Uh, it's pretty inevitable uh, that that there's going to be physical contact when you when you play the sport of basketball. There's also a lot of yelling, shouting, sweating involved uh, in the sport of basketball. Um, but in order to minimize the risk of uh, of a uh, deadly virus spreading. The NBA is going to prevent players from playing uh, doubles ping pong uh, when they're not playing basketball. Um, so that's that's a, a really important uh, safety measure that the NBA has implemented at the advice of, I'm sure, a fucking army of uh, doctors and epidemiologists um, that yeah. they have employed uh, to to uh, to make this all work. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are just so like darkly comical. I mean, we can talk about, you know, again, this is this is stuff that, that, that that's already been like brought up because um, it's it's kind of old news. But like the hot the, the anonymous hotline um, for uh, rats and snitches to uh, tattle on their fellow players if they're breaking any of the rules. Um, I mean, the, the uh, let's see, I'm trying to like go through some of my my uh that's amazing that's i mean that's literally amazing like wait so (laughs) you can call a a hotline and snitch on like a fellow nba player right yeah yeah so why wouldn't you just uh, like why wouldn't james harden just be like i saw lebron he was like licking everything he has to quarantine (laughs) for the next three weeks like it, that's a, a really that, good point dude there's a i mean they're competitive <laughs> like what athletes, happens if someone like uses tra- that hotline is there yeah. an investigation that ensues they're like, trying to there... win they're trying to win at basketball <laughs> like they're the most competitive people in the world probably like they have a vested yeah. interest in lebron not being on the court so yeah. anthony davis broke into my room last night and <laughs> yeah. he and he and he spit all over me yeah. and all my stuff i um, saw Giannis at uh <laughs> disney and he was literally licking everything touching everything with his hands he, he yeah. sneezed on everybody um so yeah, i guess he has to quarantine for a month yeah the exact language from the uh from the the uh, health and safety uh document is quote the league will establish an anonymous hotline for campus participants to report any potential or actual violations i love that they say potential, potential. or actual so even if you just have a suspicion you should yep. use the hotline better safe than sorry sure. um, the discipline for a player for violating the rules on campus will range from a fine to a suspension Amazing. to removal from campus Amazing. You so you're getting might, expelled buddy you might want to look into joel Embiid. not not saying yeah. uh, I saw him doing anything illegal, but just saying. I think I think he looked a little suspicious. A little suspicious. Uh, I, I saw him sneaking around late mm-hmm. last night. I didn't know what he was doing, but it looked a little fishy. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Might want to report him to the principal's office. Um, yeah. I mean, so in short, like it it just dawned on me, like looking at all of the the uh, the terms and the rules set forward, like anything that requires this much regulation is probably not safe. Basically, like, if someone was like, hey, do you want to go in that car with me? You can go in, but you have to wear 57 seatbelts. You'd be like, "Yeah, maybe if I have to have that many safety precautions, like, this is just not safe. Uh, yeah, I don't. I know. mean, that's the thing. The whole the whole premise of the thing, the the bending over yeah. backwards, the 113 pages of rule, like yeah. the entire thing is a giant admission that, that it's like, not safe. This is extremely dangerous. Yes. Like they wouldn't be going out of their way and making yes. all this effort if it wasn't just a, like extremely a huge, dangerous, giant yeah. fucking like clusterfuck waiting to happen. Um, yes. 
Which is and, what and it that's is. the very and, reason, like I was saying before, that Adam Silver won't tell us what would require, like what would have to happen for him to suspend the season again. He won't tell us because telling us a number of positive tests or just telling us in plain terms would be an ambition that this inherently is so unsafe. So yeah. he just like does not want to have that conversation. Um, right. but like the, the terms of, of the restart are preposterous. So Ben, like, let's go through some of the stuff that you, uh, very nicely like laid out here in this document. Like what are, what are your, some, what are some of your like favorites, uh, safety protocols and precautions? Well, so I think we should start, um, yeah. uh, this whole, this whole thing, um, uh, with the, um, the whole concept of whether a player will be punished um, for yes. not playing. Um, now, by now, Wednesday afternoon, June 24th, we've already gotten news out. Several NBA players, um, mm-hmm. Avery Bradley just recently announced that, um, you know, sort of consistent with his, uh, the, the the misgivings that he was voicing, you know, last week and, and earlier in the month, um, he won't be playing. He'll be um, sitting out uh, the Orlando restart. This is a starting, you know, a, a starting uh, guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Huge title favorites, you know, teammate of LeBron James, obviously, um, like pretty big deal. Um, like the Lakers are going to have to figure out like, excuse me, how to replace him. Um, but he's sitting out, um, uh, uh, Trevor Ariza, slightly less, uh, sort of, you know, uh, important, I would say as a member of the trail, the Portland trailblazers. Uh, he said he, he's going to be sitting out, uh, to spend the time instead with uh, a son, uh, that he has a one month visitation window with, um, uh, and then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's any other guys that have announced. Oh, yeah, D- Davis Bertans, hmm. um, who uh, decides to to sit out, uh, A, because he's on the Washington Wizards, who have absolutely no chance in hell of probably even making the playoffs, let alone, you know, uh, re- reaching the NBA Finals. Um, he's going to be a free agent uh, this coming summer, or, you know, right, uh, as I guess in the fall after the season, season concludes. Um, and he's in line for a huge payday. So he very wisely, I would say, uh, said, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to risk uh, either, uh, 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 you know, contracting the virus or sustaining some kind of injury uh, because I, you know, haven't been playing in so long or, um, you know, whatever. It's obviously like he, he has no reason really to, to risk that. Um, of course, he was immediately called out on Twitter by uh, French doofus Evan Fournier, mm-hmm. um, uh, who... Basically said, uh, "This is what wait, something like this is what's wrong with NBA players today." Yeah, uh, which is um, so funny to me because it's like Evan Fournier, like shit. yeah, Evan Fournier, like imagines himself as like what like a guy that used to play during the '80s in the NBA. He's like, yeah, back, yeah, exactly. Back in my day, like you know, I mean, yeah, noted noted enforcer Evan Fournier. <laughs> you know, he he could have been right at home on the uh, 1989 Detroit yeah. Pistons. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. Get the fuck out of here, man. Um, yeah, he uh, he said some pretty dumb stuff, um, but it's not worth uh, wasting time on him. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so the question is, um, and then there's um, also just like some some recent news is that Nikola Jokic has uh, tested mm. positive for the virus. Malcolm Brogdon just announced that he's positive, um, and you know, so there's guidelines. Y- in, Jokic in, is uh, still in, in Serbia, right? Yeah, um, and so like, his it's flight un- back to America, which is, was supposed to have him land, I think, like today or tomorrow. Um, has been delayed, so he can basically quarantine and, and recover right. uh, in his home country. Um, and, um, yeah, and, like, you know, he's asymptomatic, um, according to news reports. Uh, you know, 
like fuck i really <laughs> fucking hope that he recovers uh to 100 percent and is the uh amazing dazzling basketball player that i love uh deeply um uh but there's no guarantee of that at this point um because we don't know uh how this virus affects uh different people um so yeah it's a little scary um so anyway so getting back to the question of whether or not players will be disciplined um Adam Silver made a big show, big, big show out of saying that um, it's critical that every player understand that he has the right to choose not to return to play. There will be no disciplining. There will be no punishment whatsoever, Um, except that is uh, that you won't get paid as much if you don't play. Um, So technically, I would say that there is a punishment and that there is a discipline. Um, it's basically what it's so that for some reason, I guess it's a court, uh, has, has to do something with the CBI, but, uh, any player that who chooses not to participate will have his compensation reduced by one ninety two point six uh, for each game missed up to a cap of 14 games. Uh, now, um, you know, basically assuming if a, if a player is not going to be participating, um, that's at least eight games missed. Uh, if your team doesn't miss, the, doesn't make the playoffs, um, and most likely, you know, if your team does make the playoffs and the first round goes to, you know, four or five games, there's a pretty strong chance that, um, you know, most players on, on, on playoff teams would hit that 14 game cap. Um, so that means 15%, basically about 15% of your, uh, salary gets cut if you choose not to play. Um, that's not, uh, not disciplining. <laughs> um, that's not not punishment. Uh, in fact, uh, according to an NBC article I read, uh, NBA players who choose not to play will actually lose a higher share of their salary than a suspended player uh, uh, gets uh, gets their pay docked during a, a normal NBA season. Sir. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, like like Adam Silver said, no discipline. You know, do whatever you want. Uh, you're free to 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 make your own choice as a uh, as a grown man um, in this country. So. Um, yeah, that is a little crazy to me. Um, and then the whole idea of, oh, yeah. So, but again, there's like so many like confusing little like details in here. So, um, a player can, can still receive his full salary basically if he gets a doctor's note. Um, (laughs) so it says if a non-participating player, uh, non-participating players who are either excused or protected will not have their salary reduced as a result of non-participation. Um, so in order to get protected, you have to have, um, like a, like basically like three, like a panel of three medical experts, like determine that you have like an underlying condition that makes you like at, at higher risk, yada, yada. Um, and then it also says that teams can choose to excuse players without reducing salary at all for whatever reason. Right. Um, uh, so, like, basically, even without a doctor's note, a team, uh, like, Adam Silver is basically just leaving it up to teams to say, like, okay, yeah, it's your decision whether or not to, to dock a player's salary for not playing. Um, which means that if a player's salary, like, is docked, it seems like, like an even greater, like, fuck you. Because it's like, if they didn't want to dock it, they'd didn't have to they don't have to yeah. um yeah so it's it's just like really kind of uh, it's the wild like, west man it's kind like of alluded yeah it's it's basically the federal government saying hey the states legislate like whatever a state wants to do on an individual basis is their own business yeah yeah 
Um, other little details that we love, uh, of course, we've we've heard about the uh, the proximity alarm, uh, which is optional. You don't have to wear it. Uh, I think I think NBA, I think stat like team staff have to wear it, uh, but it's optional for players. But if you do want to wear it, um, you get a fun little alarm that buzzes um, uh, if you spend more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is Amazing. also wearing the alarm. Um, so that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, that sounds um, like a thing that you would wear in a very safe and like work environment. Like I know yeah. when I go to work, Ben, I know when you go to work, you wear a little bracelet and it beeps when there's a potential danger near you. That's just very normal stuff. Very, very normal yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Listen, it's hard to keep track uh, sometimes of your personal surroundings, so it's just really nice to uh, to have a little alarm yep. that that reminds you. You know, if you're if you're slipping up. Um, uh, and then of course we have the uh, Aura Smart Ring, um, which uh, made the very um, uh, I would say dubious claim that it can detect uh, coronavirus uh, up to ni- with up to ninety percent accuracy, um, like three days before. Uh, a, a, a test could um, basically, you know, tracks your uh, whatever, your like heart rate and your breathing patterns and yada yada. Um, that's also optional for players to wear. Um, but uh, of course, you know, there's like all sorts of concerns about like, uh, yeah, who's like harvesting that data and what is it being used for? The NBA says it's not going to harvest data. It's it's only if it, you know, detects uh, uh, the virus, blah, blah, blah. Um but yeah, that's like not at all, you know, dystopian in any way. Um, uh, I love like the things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite details, again, this is just getting back to the sheer absurdity of this whole exercise. It says in the health and safety guidelines, at all times on the court, players must avoid spitting or clearing their nose, wiping the ball with their jersey, licking their, ha- licking their hands, <laughs> and unnecessarily touching their mouth guard. Um so yeah, I'm sure that's going to go great. I'm Good sure luck. that every single player is going to remember to not do a completely by yeah. now involuntary, uh, you know, physical action that they have been doing since they were like, you know, playing basketball for the first time as like toddlers, which is just LeBron. You know, LeBron's licking. on the foul line. It's the NBA finals. He goes to like lick his palms and like Joey Crawford yeah, the runs ref, in. He's the like, no, 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 no. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you lose. You lose a foul shot. That is yeah, illegal. I know. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Like, if are there penalties? Like, if you if like um like Rajon Rondo like does his thing where he like takes the ball, the ball and like wipes it all over his sweaty forehead, um, which you know he he loves doing. Uh, you know what's what's the what's the penalty for that? I wonder. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see. I love this this whole um section about uh like basically leaving like if you're if you're allowed to leave so if you want to leave the bubble um which of course also uh has been reported as not a bubble in any way because uh uh you know disney world staff members um which of course i refer to as uh cast members um their their preferred terminology um the cast members are not subject to uh the same you know testing protocols and everything and they're going to be going in and out um, so yeah, it's, as people have noted, it's more of a, uh, a mesh hat than a bubble, uh, which pretty much makes it, uh, pointless. But, um, yeah, if a player wants to leave, you basically need prior approval. Uh, and then upon re-entry, even if you get approval, so wait, if you don't get approval, if you just like leave the campus because, yeah. you know, you have like 
I don't know, uh, uh, someone having a baby or you have like a, you know, a friend's emergency or whatever, or like any, whatever, anything you want to do. Uh, if you leave without getting pr uh, prior approval, uh, you will be subject to enhanced testing. So basically you get punished um, and you get like the, the deep nasal swab uh, uh -huh. when you return. Um, and then you have a 10 to 14 day self-quarantine period and a reduction in compensation for any game in which you're unable to pay as a result of uh, the absence in the quarantine period. Um, so, yeah, totally not in prison, though. You're not in detention uh, <laughs> yeah. like a fucking uh, middle schooler. Uh, you're a grown man. You can do whatever you want. But, uh, yes, you will be punished if you try to leave without getting prior approval. And then even if you do get prior approval, there's still a... Uh, yeah, there's still a whole protocol if you come back after leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you... Uh, so, yeah, once you're, once you're in the bubble, if you, if you want to leave and you do get prior approval... Uh, you're still required to go through a process upon reentry. Yeah. So if you if you uh, if, if if you're approved to leave, uh, you still have to quarantine upon return to campus for four days. Um, so you know, let's say you have, like I said, like a wedding or a you know family event or whatever it is, and you you know go through all the proper procedures, you get your your approval, and you leave. You still have to quarantine for four days. Um, games are happening like every other day so basically no matter what you're going to be missing a game maybe probably two just quarantining um, yeah just just quarantining um but yeah totally not pr prison totally free to to come and go as you please <laughs> um so yeah it's just i mean there's a million other things um yeah i mean the whole there, there are a couple things i wanted to talk about i mean so yes uh i mean we can sprinkle in more details as we continue to talk but like yeah the the restrictions and guidelines are obviously like really strict um one thing i wanted to mention which you just shared with me before is now there is a movement among disney employees or or performers or whatever it is that they're called People, uh, ca cast members, Chris. Excuse me, please. Cast, members cast members at Disney World is the, is the proper term. Who are objecting to the reopening of of Disney World and Disneyland, both in Florida and in California? Um, yeah. And to me, man, the statement that they released was so like telling, right? And let me mm -hmm. let me pull it up because I, that to me hits the nail on the head. And so what they said was this. Here we go. Um, yeah, this is a, a statement from the from the union, basically, because most of the the uh, employees of uh, of Disneyland and Disney World are uh, unionized. Uh, right. So more than more than seven thousand people are urging Disney and government officials to reconsider opening Disney World next month as coronavirus cases surge in Florida. Quote. This virus is not gone. Unfortunately, it's only become worse in this state. The petition posted on moveon.org reads, while theme parks, while theme parks are a great way to relax and enjoy free time, it is a non-essential business. It is not fair to the people who work there to risk their lives, especially if they are at risk or have family members who are at risk. People are more important than a profit. Again, people are more important than making a profit and that to me ben is the underlying statement that the nba can't come to is that the in the nba's uh worldview like people are not more important than profit profit is king you know you know the almighty dollar is king 
Well, hang on now, Chris. I need to uh, to, to push back a little bit on that because on uh, on June fifteenth, Adam Silver went on ESPN mm-hmm. to reassure all of us uh, this is not a uh, this is not about profit. Uh, oh, in okay. fact, he, he yeah no he went out of his way to um, to stress that uh, you know he he actually said quote a lot of a lot of people pointed to the to the financial component of this, the incremental difference of, at this point, playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think, uh, especially given the enormous expense of putting this oh, on. wow. Um, so, wait, so you're it's not about money. It's by not coming about back, profit. By coming back and resuming the season, in fact, the NBA is looking at losing money. They're actually doing this as a charity to, to everyone in the United States and the world. They're actually... They're providing a charity service for us as as an entertainment product. Um, this has nothing to do with making money. That's what you're saying, Ben? N- no, not money. Not money is not a not not part of this calculation whatsoever. Wow. Uh, in fact, Adam Silver went on to say, really, it's more a sense from the entire NBA community that we have an obligation to try this. Uh, so, an obligation to you know the country. It's it's like a it's a um, you know a, a sort of. Uh, or maybe to God, I don't know exactly who the obligation is to, um, but I, I think it's very patriotic of Adam um, to to be doing this. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, again, it's what it's what we all need. We all need a distraction. We all need to feel comfortable again um, and to sit on our couches and uh, watch uh, the round ball go in the ring um, to make us happy again because um, that would that would just you know fix all of our problems. Here's my question. And I asked this like half jokingly, but would it not be safer and more productive? So if Adam Silver and the league were hell bent on coming back, wouldn't it be safer actually to just infect everyone with the virus? And like literally, like wouldn't the NBA be better off like taking all the players, everyone who's going to be involved in this bubble, put everyone in the bubble, give them the virus have them mm-hmm. develop antibodies, and then once everyone is uh, uh, is is over the virus, resume play. Mm. And if you could actually get everyone to agree to that, because no one would agree to that. Um, Obviously, y- y- like I, I, what's interesting to me at this point is that there's this, you know, this like incredible focus on trying to prevent contraction from the virus. And maybe we Mm -hmm. should actually just be trying to infect everyone with the virus. And so this way you have an entire league of people who uh, have antibodies, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It could never happen and it should never happen. But like that, that is probably like an interesting question for Adam Silver. I think is that like, he seems very, he seems to be working very hard on not allowing people to get the virus and resuming play. It dawned on me that like at a certain point, it might literally just be easier if Adam Silver walked around with a syringe and just gave everyone coronavirus. <laughs> um, and it would seem like more transparent and like honestly yeah. more effective than like having an aura ring. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, no, no. He should just uh, stick people with the virus. Yeah. And then if they object, he just has to say, shh, no, 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 no. We yeah. have an obligation to try. We're going to make it's money. It's not about money. Yeah. Oh, excuse it's not, me. It's not, not about, about money. money. <laughs> right, right, right. We have not, we have an obligation to try. Yeah. Just, shh, yeah. just, 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 just relax. It'll hurt less if, if you don't fight. Honestly, it would be more, it would be more straightforward. Like it would be more to the point, which is like, we want the NBA to happen and we want everyone to be safe. And it's like, 
I mean, honestly, at this point, probably the best thing to do is just like give everyone the virus. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. You were going to start making a bigger point, which I'm very curious about, uh, which was like, well, if we stop the season, which is what we're advocating for, like not bringing the players back, what is it that we wouldn't, we want to see happen? Like, what do we actually want to see? Well, so, all right. So this gets to a point that, that definitely like kind of bleeds into our discussion from last week about like the greater sort of system that we have set up here that we're all operating under. Um, so a lot of people have made the point that, uh, you know, I, I, obviously I think a lot of these players have a sincere and genuine competitive spirit that they want to play basketball. Obviously they're all intelligent grown men. They know the health risks involved. And I think a lot of them are like, yeah, I'm willing to take that chance. Um, you know, regardless of, of everything else, um, I would rather try to play basketball than not play basketball because they love basketball. Yeah. Basketball is really fun. Um, and they're very competitive and very good at this thing that they do. Um, I think there's another portion, uh, and obviously there's like, you know, it's impossible to quantify and there's lots of like overlap. Um, but the other sort of argument is that like, well, you know, the players kind of have to come back, um, because of the financial implications. Uh, and, you know, lots of ink has been spilled about, oh, you know, uh, the amount of money that the, that the league, uh, you know, would lose, uh, you know, in excess of like a billion dollars, whatever, um, if they just canceled the season and all the, um, you know, and like, sure, like, uh, you know, owners would lose that money, but so would the players, you know, they would lose like all their salary, yada, yada. Um, so isn't it, uh, you know, unf- uh, that would be so unfair to them. Um, and, but then there's like this constant, I mean, we kind of got at it a little bit with the whole idea of like, yeah, if you don't play, you get your salary reduced. Um, but then like the bigger threat of like, if none of you play, if you all collectively decide like this is not in our best interest where we are, you know, boycotting this, this plan, um, there's this like looming threat of the owners, quote unquote, tearing up the CBA. Um, and everyone has kind of just like said that as like a thing that'll happen. Like, so yeah, you got to watch out for that. Like you don't want like that. Wouldn't, wouldn't that like no one would be happy then. And uh, not many people other than our beloved, um, uh, you know, friends over at cookies hoops, um, have made the point that like, huh, like maybe that's kind of a fucked up relationship then. <laughs> if if you have this threat, this like adversarial en- uh, enough like relationship with your employer that like if you, and obviously this is not unique to the NBA, this is happening in, you know, fucking thousands of businesses across the country right now, um, uh, especially, you know, places that aren't unionized, but it's like, yeah, no, you, you have to come back to work because if you don't, you'll just be fired. Um, and... Uh, so that's, that's how it is. Um, and so like this idea that like, um, yeah, if the, if the players, you know, uh, protest and, and don't play, the owners will tear up the CBA. And then in that case, it'll be even worse for the players because the new collective bargaining agreement that, um, is created will be, you know, vastly more advantageous to the owners because of the fact that, uh, you know, basically the, the, uh, the players would have like no leverage and during a pandemic and, you know, ba- basically it comes down to like, who has more power, a billionaire or a millionaire? And the answer is obviously a billionaire. Uh, that's simple arithmetic. Um, and, and by power, I mean like an ability to, uh, to survive, um, 
you know, a, a period of, of not making any profit, not making any money. Um, obviously, the billionaire owners can just wait that out for as long as they feel like uh, with very little, you know, suffering uh, on their part. Um, and obviously, uh, millionaire uh, NBA athletes are, you know, in a, in a better position than like the average American, but they're certainly not in as good a position um, to withstand something like that as an NBA uh, billionaire owner. So um, just the whole idea and like this is going to be a theme that I think we need to yeah. research more and like uh, and discuss more. But basically what this comes down to at the end is like a labor uh, story. Um, and uh, I think you and I have both been like kind of interested in this topic. But uh, like I said, I, I want to like spend a lot more time like boning up and, and doing episodes about this. But like the whole relationship of, of power, you know, players to, to owners and right, the, the power uh, balance is really fascinating to me. And at the end of the day, like, that's what this comes down to. And the reason why uh, the, the, you know, bubble is happening um, is because the owners have that power over the players, um, which is really fucked up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, like, when you really think about it, it's just like, yeah, one of the inherent problems and- that I think exists, um, you know, we're talking about like power structures and like leverage and all this stuff is like, ultimately, the the athletes in the NBA play basketball. I mean, look, the money is great, but the reason someone pursues a career in professional basketball is because they love playing basketball. And sure. like ultimately that is a really difficult thing to reconcile in a, a negotiation, which is like you have billionaires over here and millionaires over here. And the millionaires, the people that make less money than the billionaires are saying, hey, we really want this to be a safe work environment. And the billionaires are basically saying, but we know you love basketball. <laughs> you know, So it's like, we know you want to play. Like We know deep down inside, you want to try to win the 2020 NBA championship. And ultimately, yeah. you're probably going to do things that you know are kind of maybe a little unsafe because ultimately you like this sport like you like being a celebrity you like being on tv you like being a competitive person and trying to win an nba championship and that ultimately is something that like it's it's been really interesting man to see which players i think avery bradley is one of them are willing Mm -hmm. to sort of forego their not not even celebrity but just like forego their their um their the game that they love uh because it's not right to to resume playing is not right and you know like he's not he's not the only player doing this there's uh i I don't know if you heard this story but there's a running back at the university of mississippi state guy named oh yeah i know kylan hill and he has, uh, he said on Monday on social media that he wouldn't play for the Mississippi State Bulldogs this upcoming season unless they uh, changed their, their state flag, which is a Confederate, uh, which is a Confederate flag. And, um, you know, the Mississippi governor, a guy named Tate Reeves, said on Twitter that he proposed in the state legislature creating two Mississippi state flags. And, and this guy, um, uh, uh, Khalil Hill is his name, basically said, no, you know, like that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not good enough. That doesn't meet the threshold is what he said. 
And he said it would just divide the state more. And it's, he was like, you know, either change the flag or I'm not going to play. And, mm. you know, that, that, that's a college athlete. That, that's a kid that is not making money. And, and right. he undoubtedly is foregoing his earning potential. Like we talked about before, like he is jeopardizing without a doubt his ability to make money as a, as a, as a professional athlete one day, potentially. And, you know, so I, I have a lot of respect for guys like Avery, Avery, Avery Bradley. I have a lot of respect for guys like Kyrie and Dwight Howard who have talked about like, Hey, this isn't safe. And yeah. you know, this isn't safe. It's not ethical. It's not moral. It's not right for a variety of reasons, whether it's social, social justice causes, whether it's health, health and safety, um, whether it's uh, power dynamics related to employer and labor, all of those things. Um, it's fundamentally wrong and broken, and we shouldn't pretend like it's okay and come back and play in an environment that's not safe. So, yeah. you know, it's it's going to require, like, courage, frankly. And, and, you know, it's easy for people like you and I who have no stake in the game, who don't make any money from uh playing basketball to be like yeah you guys should sit out or you know be like yeah people shouldn't watch the games it's easy for us because we ultimately don't earn a living off these paychecks and so it's really commendable when when you see players taking a stand and foregoing money and in some cases millions of dollars um to try to make some sort of systemic like fundamental fundamental change yeah um yeah, I feel like I really want to. It's it's long, so I don't know if it makes sense read to read the entire thing. But yeah, so all right, I'm just gonna read this, um, and then I want people to like listen to it and digest it um, before I say who said these words. Um, so, quote: Contrary to popular belief, we are not attempting to halt the resumption of the basketball season in Orlando. It would be silly to think we could stop a force as powerful as the NBA nor would we want to, considering the wonderful opportunity they have afforded us. Our main objective is to raise awareness and gain transparency on the things that concern us collectively. Many of our fellow players are afraid to voice their concerns and are continuing to follow along with what they believe they have to. Some of these players may have leaders that could speak for them, but unfortunately, as history shows, leaders sometimes become self-serving and forget the people that they are supposed to represent. Some leaders even use fear and intimidation to make sure they serve their own agendas while forgetting the feelings of their people. In a time like this, where we are fighting for equal rights, it would be contradictory if we told our own players to not play and do as we say. We are not here to dictate, nor do we have the power to do so. We want to make sure communication is taking place openly without fear. As radical as Kyrie may sound he is 100 percent correct we are no longer slaves so every man has a right to transparency in order to make sound decisions and as avery said in the decisions we make be sure we are thinking of everyone collectively and not moving based off of selfish agendas if any one of us chooses to sit it has nothing to do with another player's right to play not once has any of us told one of our fellow brethren not to go to the orlando bubble experiment and we stress that in our meetings We spoke about our individual stances, which again, as men and women with free speech, we are entitled to do so. We stress the importance of unity amongst us, even if we have a difference in opinion. This has been our position, but as always, judgments and opinions were formed based on bits and pieces of information that were put out. 
We get it. We know the divide and conquer agenda that everyone easily plays into. Ostracize those who speak against what's convenient. Even if they are our fellow brothers, tarnish their names and throw them away. You should know how the story goes by now. Either way, regardless of what criticism and retribution we face, we still want to protect the players who are afraid to protect themselves. We will ask all the uncomfortable questions that can lead us all to truth and unity. Even if we are sacrificed and disliked, it will better, it will better everyone as a whole in knowing their feelings as human beings are just as relevant, as relevant as the ones who dominate. The game will go on with or without those who decide not to play, because like we are taught, we are easily replaceable. We are also in full support of our brothers, whether we decide to enter or not enter the Orlando bubble. We want to see all of you win. We want to see you win in life. We support the NBA, but in order to do that properly, we must support every single one of us that represents that name. So, like, it's a great I statement. got chills reading that. Yeah, man, it's yeah, a great it's like, statement. It's just like an incredibly powerful moment of like actually speaking to Pat, like, you know, speaking back, basically talking back to power. Um, and um, it, I feel like is I, like, there's not a single lie in that, uh, in, in all those words that I just read. Um, and uh, in case anyone uh, isn't aware, the person that wrote that is Dwight Howard. Now, I have conflicting feelings about Dwight Howard. I'm sure anyone who has uh, been a fan of the NBA over the past, you know, 10, 15 years has conflicting feelings about Dwight Howard. But like, I feel like we have to separate how we feel about Dwight Howard or, our, you know, previous notions, conceptions of him um, uh, from from the, those words, because like, yeah, just take it's not about I mean, just take the words on face value, like forget who said it and just like think about those ideas just for what they are, which is like really powerful. And dude, the thing yeah. that like really popped for me was when he said that thing about um, that we are all replaceable. And yeah, that. That to me, man, like thinking about it this week, that is like what is cut so deep about the whole NBA resuming the season. Like the NBA really is like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the NBA is a corporation no different than Apple or ExxonMobil or AT&T or McDonald's Mm -hmm. or Sprint or Cisco or IBM or any of these huge companies. And ultimately they have a vested interest in exploiting labor for profit. And Mm -hmm. when Dwight says that thing about like, we are all replaceable, it's like, it's, it's so clear that like they are, they are treating human beings, human lives, human capital, like they are just cattle. And you know what I mean? And if someone gets sick and if someone dies, like they'll just draft and sign a new free agent next season. Like literally, yeah. that yeah. is what they will do. You know, if someone yeah. gets hurt, if someone tears their ACL, if someone, God forbid, God forbid, were to pass away, we would all feel very sad. And then, you know, what would happen? Like that team would just we then the next story would just be about the first round draft pick that they that they and the player they select to replace the person that got hurt or that died. Right. Well, that's that's why there's uh you know uh, pieces in the guidelines of uh you know uh um whatever like uh, articles about how to uh you know the rules for replacing a, a roster spot if a player um contracts the virus or gets injured or whatever. Like, I mean, obviously, it's just like well, we wouldn't you know 
can't stop playing basketball, can't stop making money, so we would just replace them, like, literally. <laughs> um, and it makes me really, like, uh, man, I, I, I wish so much, like, there's been all this talk of, like, you know, sort of LeBron's silence. Um, and LeBron, you know, he hasn't been totally silent, but he's clearly, like, he's made it clear, like, he wants to play. He thinks that they can, you know, do all of their activism and they're speaking out uh, using the, the, the NBA as their platform while playing, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't even on the call that Kyrie Irving led with Avery Bradley uh, and Dwight Howard and uh, 80-some-odd other players. And there have been, you know, several conference calls now, of course, like the, the big one that happened, I think, on June 12th, uh, was the was the Kyrie one when sort of it was like the first time that the players were were starting to speak out um, and and like raise some concerns. LeBron wasn't even on the call. It wasn't like he it, it wasn't like a matter of like LeBron like disagreeing with Kyrie. He wasn't even on the fucking call to listen to the arguments, um, which honestly says a lot. Um, says everything, to me. man. Yeah. Um, and you know, people like I keep thinking to myself like as like sort of a thought experiment like. What would happen if LeBron said, you know what, I'm not playing? Like, whether it's for health concerns or whether it's for, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. All like of the, the above, that he wants man. to focus on instead. Whatever, all of the above. If he just said, guess what, guys, I'm not playing. I wish so much he would do that. Not because I, like, really give a fuck about him at this point. I just want, I would, I'm so curious to see how the NBA would react if the, if like, cause people would say like, Oh, LeBron is bigger than, than basketball. He's bigger than the league. He, you know, he's more powerful than Adam Silver or anyone else. Like I think to myself, really? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I honestly think LeBron is obviously the biggest, uh, you know, name, uh, uh, in, in the game, you know, there's no question. Like he is sort of his own, you know, business almost separate from the NBA. Um, but is he bigger than the NBA, than a whatever, like, multi-billion dollar corporation? Like, I don't think he is. I really, like, really, really wonder what would happen. And I really sort of, like, deep down, I feel like, yeah, the NBA would say, like, oh, that's really too bad. We're going we're gonna to play anyway. Like, I just can't imagine that with all of the power and the weight and the gravity that he has, like, I don't think he's actually bigger than the NBA. I don't know. How, how do you feel? I agree, man. I, um, I am, I, I think it's a fascinating thought experiment. Um, like would the NBA resume if LeBron boycotted it? And Mm -hmm. I think maybe the more important question is like, would we resume? Because ultimately like we are the NBA, right? Like, like we, the NBA exists and make, and makes money Ben because of us, like it's audience. So if there is no audience, there really is no NBA product. You know what I mean? Like the mega deal that they get from ESPN and TNT and all the TV networks, all the revenue they generate is because people buy the product. And if we stopped buying the product because there wasn't an interesting player like LeBron playing, I wonder if Mm -hmm. they would care. And I, I, I don't know, but it would be fascinating to see how they would try to salvage the season. I think you're probably right. They would try to sell us on like... You know, hey, maybe this is the season Lou Williams makes a run, you know, like they would try to give us some like other version of like a compelling NBA story. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I I don't I I, I desperately wish LeBron would say I'm not comfortable playing and, and, and now is not the time for basketball. 
Yeah, I just really, I just really want to know like the actual limits of his power. Um, like, I really want to like fuck around and find out. Yeah, man. And you this know, when is it comes like, to LeBron. Like, okay, so now we're having a conversation about power, and this is something that we talked about after last week's podcast, and it just started dawning on me. Like, you know, we were talking about NBA owners last week, and guys like Mickey Arison and James Dolan and, um, you know, uh, who, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Walmart heiress that is part of the ownership mm-hmm. group in Denver and Mark Cuban, insanely yeah. wealthy people. DeVos family. The DeVos yeah. family, right. And, like, the, the truth of the matter is that, you know, when we were talking last week about, like, oh, you know, the NBA players should come back and they should use the game as, their plat- as, as a platform to advocate for social justice reform. And the truth is, man, like, I mean, that's fine, but, like, it's such nonsense. Like, we are so, um, we are so, uh, 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 like, we, we are so uh, blinding ourselves to the truth of the matter, which is, like, they have a direct relationship with some of the wealthiest people in the world. You know what I mean? Like Joel mm-hmm. Embiid and Ben Simmons uh, effectively work for Josh Harris, right? Josh Harris mm-hmm. is in cahoots with President Trump. Like he's a, a prominent bundler, uh, like a political action uh, uh, committee bundler for President Trump. Same with uh, mm-hmm. same with Mickey Arison in Miami. All Mark, you know, Mark Cuban has a relationship with President Trump. If if these players, well, hang on now. Did you see Mark Cuban just came out and endorsed Joe Biden? So he's oh, good now, folks. There we he's go. good. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is is a, is a cool guy now. Great. So yeah. that's 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 even more to my point. Point is like <laughs> one of two people is going to be president in November: Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And basically, all thirty NBA owners has a relationship. I can pr- pretty much promise you, all thirty relation, all thirty owners have a direct relationship with one or two of those people. And oh, yeah. if we want real social reform in this country, and we want <laughs> that responsibility to fall on our players, the way yeah. that they can make that happen is just say, you know, Jimmy Butler should say, "Hey, Mickey Arison." You know, the Miami Heat are in the middle of a playoff run. If you really want me to play in this bubble, here's what I need from you. I need you to call President Mm -hmm. Trump tomorrow and tell him that his ideas for police reform aren't good enough. And here are the the benchmarks that I need you to have President Trump meet. You know, like if, if the NBA players... Act, actually got together in unison and, and, and formed some sort of some sort of union and said, we are mm-hmm. going to act as a political united force to cultivate uh, and make change happen. I would say, you know what? Great. If that's going to happen, then we should play basketball as well. But unless something like that is going to happen, I don't see what the actual point is. And I kind of forget how I got on this tangent. I think we were talking about the, the, the power dynamic relationships in the league. Oh, we were talking about LeBron. LeBron's limits of power, yeah, right? Yeah, LeBron. Like, lo- right, like right. I, I actually think LeBron has immense, I know LeBron has immense power. What if LeBron said, yeah. hey, Adam Silver, He. what if LeBron had a conference call tomorrow with Adam Silver, the head of Nike, the head of TNT and ESPN, and was like, hey, guys, collectively, I am worth a few billion dollars to your business interests. How about this? Mm -hmm. I am not going to participate in this sport unless the following social and political initiatives are addressed with President Trump today on the phone. (laughs) Like, you guys are all billionaires. Like, call President Trump and tell him I want X, Y, and Z measures met in terms of Black Lives Matter, 
police brutality, social reform, whatever the cause and initiative is. And I actually think like you were, you were wondering like, what is LeBron's, you know, power? Like what are the limits of his power? I would be really curious mm-hmm. to find out, man. I would be really, really curious to, to find out. The question is, is LeBron curious to find out? Yeah. So here's the thing that what you just described him getting on the phone and doing that will never happen. So my question is, why, why won't it happen? Yeah. Is, it, is it because LeBron doesn't want to? Or is it because he does want to, but he knows deep down that he doesn't have that power? That if he were to try to step out like that, that aggressively, he would be replaced? I think it's a couple of things. I think, I think he wants the change to happen, but he doesn't want it badly enough to not also get what he wants, which is playing basketball. And that ultimately, ultimately is like what I was talking about before. Like, these guys right. play basketball because they love basketball. And being a millionaire yeah. is a wonderful perk and a wonderful benefit. But the truth is, like, I bet if you ask these, all these players when they were, like, 10 years old, hey, if I could get you to sign a contract right now to play basketball when you're an adult for $50,000 a year, would you do it? I bet a couple of them would be like, yeah, sure. Like I love basketball. I'll play for any amount of money. And being a millionaire sure. is an amazing perk at this point, right? Um, and something they don't want to give up. But I, I, I think the reason LeBron isn't exercising his power ultimately is because, um, not because he doesn't think he could do it. I'm sure he's a little bit afraid. But I think the real reason he's he isn't doing it is because he wants change to happen. I'm sure all these players want change to happen but not enough where they're going to sacrifice a game that they love. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it is really deeply fucked up because the, the, the two there things... Are people who, there are people who are sacrificing the game that they love. Like we, right. you know, like we talked about Maya Moore, right? Like that's someone who is at the height of her powers, 29 years old, WNBA, MVP, three four-time WNBA champion walked away from the game for a social justice cause, right? Said she's taking a mm-hmm. year off from the game to focus on a, uh, a, a, a issue of social justice that we can talk about another time. Um, yeah. There are people doing that. The, the running back at yeah. Mississippi State, he's like, I'm walking away from the game unless you, you know, unless you meet me halfway with this measure, right? Like, there are yeah. people... I mean, obviously, the most famous example being Muhammad Ali. Sure. Like, who said, yeah, I'm going to go to prison for three years at the in my absolute prime uh, because of something I believe in. So, I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm also not saying, like, these players have a responsibility to do that because it's a incredibly right. unique... to be quali- clear. It's an incredibly unique quality, and I'm not suggesting, like, everyone's cut out for it. And probably right. LeBron is just not cut out for it and i don't fault him you know what i mean because who yeah to be clear i'm not judging any of these players for anything that they decide to do or not do Mm -hmm. um i want to i want to make it clear that i'm not like like trying to attack um yeah you know lebron or any other player i'm i'm more like uh you know concerned with like basically attacking the system and the people that that actually do have the power um who you know obviously like i said lebron has some but like there are forces that are greater than him. Yeah, um, and I, I, think. I, th- and I think one of the things at play is that, like like you said, the, the system is fucked up, and what's fucked up about it is they know, listen, ultimately, LeBron James really wants to play basketball. 
So like, right. he, and we can kind of use that against against yeah. him. <laughs> like we can kind of like use that to like make sure that everything stays in line. There is this sort of like silent wink, wink, where they're like, no, 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 we're, we'll wear uh, t-shirts that say Black Lives Matter, and we'll do these mm-hmm. sort of gestures. But ultimately, LeBron wants to play basketball. You know what I mean? Like we're, we'll yeah. wear aura rings. We'll do lots of testing. But ultimately, mm-hmm. LeBron wants to play basketball, and 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 yeah. that is kind of the 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 problem in the power dynamics between, in this case, the the players and the owners is that the owners know that the players love being basketball players. Right. The system is set up to sustain itself, um, and it's very very smartly done. And like the incentive structure is like the way it is because and whatever i'm not saying that like basketball was invented as some like mind control tactic (laughs) but but it's set up in such a way that like it's really really hard for so many different reasons to you know sort of fight back against that system it's really unique too you know what i mean like if you were experiencing oppressive work conditions at your workplace as like a producer and someone that edits video, if you were experiencing like experiencing really oppressive work conditions, you could be like, you know what? I'm going to look for work elsewhere doing the same thing I do now at a similar kind of salary. Ultimately, the NBA pl- NBA players really don't have that sort of option. It's not like there is a secondary right. professional basketball league where they can make the same sort of money. So it's like right. they're I, and again, they're not victims, they're not prisoners, none of that. I'm not saying any of that. But ultimately like that is a bargaining chip that is a part of the power dynamic that the the owners sort of own, which is like, look, these guys love playing basketball. Where else are they going to do? Where else are they going to go? What else are they going to do? They want to make millions of dollars. They want to play basketball. They want to chase like the glory of, of of being in a title chase. Like, of course, they're going to play. Well, that gets to a, another question that um, I want to explore at much greater length in a future episode. But like the whole idea, and I think that Kyrie. Uh, brought this up i I didn't read his exact quote but basically the idea of is basketball possible without owners like (laughs) at first you're like well that's ridiculous like there have to be you know there's their teams and the team has to be owned by someone um but then you think about it and you're like does it like obviously like sure there are like structural things like the arena the you know, all the deals, blah, 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 like all the, you know, all the, the sort of apparatus, uh, you know, that, that is set up the, the, you know, the vast, like, uh, sort of structure that, that, that exists, you know, behind, uh, the players and behind the, the, the court. But, um, but basically like, <laughs> that's like another sort of fun thought experiment of like, is it, is it like actually possible to have a, a basketball league that is owned and run by the players? Um, and I don't know the answer to that. I feel like it should be yes, because what do owners do exactly? I don't know what they do other than like own, uh, basketball arenas, but not even all of them. Right. Um, so I don't know. Like that's something obviously I would need a lot more time to like research and figure out, but like, it's something that I'm like starting to think about. It's a great question. What would that, what would that look like? How would that work? You know? Yeah, dude. And something I just want to like... Uh, like put a uh put put a pin in for a sec. Like, you know, Kyrie is someone that we have 
had such a weird, complicated relationship with on this podcast. And he's been like (laughs) a hero and a villain. And we sort of love him for his ability to flip flop between being like someone we love and hate and ultimately love on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really interesting because I, uh, um, and I, and I think the larger NBA community at large is, has that same relationship with him. Um, maybe outside of like Nets fans and they're like, we're just happy that he plays here. But Hmm. you know, he's, he's been a really interesting person in these negotiations and it's so fashionable and fun and easy for people to dismiss him and make fun of him because it's Kyrie. So whenever, whenever the message comes from Kyrie, it's, and, and, and admittedly some of his ideas are kind of not even like stony, but just like, he, he's not afraid to um, he's not afraid to like pitch ideas and talk out loud and have half baked ideas. God for yeah, God yeah. forbid. God forbid. I think I think Stony is an appropriate way to describe m- many of his statements. Yeah, um, yeah. He's which, so he know. has like some Stony ideas, but like honestly, some of the best ideas are Stony ideas. Some of the best ideas yeah. come about from getting stoned. Yeah, and no shit. Um, <laughs> and. It's 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 very interesting to me how he's become this character in the NBA community ecosystem that we love to sort of like laugh and make fun of. Um, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that happen with Dwight Howard this week. Like it's, oh, well, you know, crazy Dwight. You know, it's, it's like President right. Trump talks about like all of his adversaries. He has a different nickname for them. And it's like, oh, right. well, you know, here's, here's uh, Kyrie again on cloud nine, you know, crazy, Ky- crazy Kyrie. But, yeah. you know, being someone that thinks outside the box, like we need more of that in, in, in sports yeah. and in life and in government. And as we're talking about like fundamentally reorganizing the way some of these structures work and the way that they're built, we need people thinking outside the box and we need more people like, Ky- we need more people like Kyrie, frankly. We need more people of Kyrie's stature expressing new ideas and we need more people thinking like Kyrie, which is like, Hey, I'm going to say this thing. It might be stupid, but even if it is stupid, it's okay. Like, it's just, I'm just talking out loud. It's an idea and it's okay. Yeah. Something that I texted you uh, earlier this week that I really didn't think I would ever be saying uh, were the words, thank God for Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley. Um, because other than those three guys, I mean, obviously, like plenty of other players have have said stuff, you know, like Lou Williams and um, and you know other guys have have like you know gone on on shows and 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 um, you know sort of spoken out and 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 you know expressed concern, hesitation, whatever. Um, but like basically, the whole conversation was started by those three guys, by Kyrie, Dwight Howard, and Avery Bradley. And like, if it weren't for them, like, would everyone just be like going along without even like fucking questioning any of this? Um, like, it's honestly because of them that I don't feel like I'm completely losing my mind. Because I'm like, okay, thank you. Someone, at least, is, like, recognizing how fucking crazy this is. Like, someone actually is brave enough and doesn't give enough uh, fuck enough to, to say, like, hey, hang on. Like, let's just pump the brakes on this completely ludicrous, dangerous uh, thing that we're all about to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, the fact that they're being, like, questioned or that they're like you know motivations are like um you know like even being raised it's like are you are you kidding me are you crazy like um 
Uh, so yeah, that's all I have to say. Really, yeah. is like thank God for those for <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, which I again didn't expect to be saying, but man, if it weren't for them, like here I we are. Yeah, I, I I like wonder like and, and again, I, I don't think that they're you know stopping this this train uh, from uh, f- from like hurtling forward, but at least they are causing they're like two th- idiots on a podcast throwing, to like talk about this. Yeah, they're like throwing their arms up in the air being like, hey, can we wait? Can we just like talk about some of this stuff that seems like a little weird or shady? Um, yeah. All right, yeah. man. In conclusion here, really quickly, I think we've pretty much covered, like I wanted to talk about like, why is the league resuming exactly? And like, why are the players participating? And why are some fans, like, really excited? I think we've basically talked about, like, what those answers are. They're largely rooted in, like, money and people, athletes being, like, ultimately people who love playing the sport, right? And and I understand certain people feel like a responsibility to entertain right now because the country is in, like, a very deep depression. But, like... I think mostly what I'm interested in talking really quickly about now is like, why, what is our responsibility as fans to this product to say like, yeah, this is not good. Um, I wonder if there is a universe where enough people could express their disappointment and, and disapproval of the idea of the NBA coming back to Adam Silver to in any way derail the resumption of the season? Uh, I would say the answer is no. Um, yeah. It seems like a runaway train. Plain, plain and simple. Yeah. No, basketball is awesome. Everyone wants to watch it and feel good again. And yeah, obviously we're not the only ones, uh, you know, sort of raising concerns and objections here. Um, uh, but we are definitely a distinct minority. And even the people who like kind of are raising those concerns always kind of couch it in saying like well this is happening anyway um so you know and like yeah ultimately like i don't think any one fan or collection of fans does have the power um you know it's not like they're we're gonna like fucking stage a boycott of uh the nba um i mean that's the other crazy thing is that one of the points i wanted to like sort of start out with that i forgot to say is that when we were thinking about the NBA resuming play like a few weeks ago uh, or even like a month ago when we were in the midst of our uh, 1994 New York Knicks uh, playoffs rewatch, um, I texted you at one point uh, that it would be really funny if the NBA resumed play and we just never acknowledged it or like mentioned it on our podcast and we just like basically remained in in fantasy 1994 world. Um, And I thought that was a funny idea, but also that I was only like kind of half kidding because I really didn't have any interest in watching modern basketball, at least like not for a while. I was just kind of like, I don't know, like I'm actually really enjoying a, like the extra brain space that I have without this thing consuming all of my, you know, free time and thoughts. Um, but also I was just like, I don't know, it just feels kind of weird and not the time, um, for basketball, uh, to resume. But now because of the way all this news is unfolding, I am deeply, deeply interested. I am, like, so intrigued, not because I want to see, you know, if the Nuggets can make a playoff run. I just want to see this insane fucking thing, and, like, I want to just watch. Like, it's so interesting to me just from, like, a... a, No, it's like a social experiment. (laughs) Yeah, social experiment slash slow motion car wreck 
and obviously I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not hoping for right. this to go horribly and for people to suffer. Um, I think it will go horribly, um, sadly, um, or maybe it will like, maybe they'll actually get to the NBA finals with like somewhat full rosters intact. Um, that's also a possibility. Um, but, but the fact that like, it's all like the way the whole context now of everything, um, both from the, you know, health side and the sort of social racial side is like now so, so fucking fascinating to me that I like feel like I actually can't take my eyes off of it. Um, and so I probably will tune in just to see like what happens. Um, and it's, yeah, it's weird. So I'm not, I would be a hypocrite to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to watch no, it's because a, at, I think this is all wrong. At this point, it's a weird Bravo reality show. And yeah. we, are watch, <laughs> we are watching for the train wreck. I mean, this is basically Desperate Housewives of Orlando. And, yeah. um, you know... Except that there are, like, actual lives at stake. Yeah. And, yeah. Li- and, li- and livelihoods at stake. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It's all, like, and it's really like, dark and fucked up. Yeah. And like, doesn't make me feel good, but I still completely want to see what happens. We're talking about real people getting sick and potentially dying. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. And, um, um, you know, I, I know you've pointed it out. You've talked about it before. But, like... I just keep thinking about that PA announcer in Oklahoma City the night that the the season was canceled when he was like, everybody, you are safe. Don't worry. (laughs) Just please go to the exits as quickly as possible. And like the best PA announcement in NBA history. That to me feels like what this NBA season is moving towards once again, which is like a live train wreck, like watching a train wreck in real time on TV. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really rooting for that not to happen. Like, I don't want to see a league that I care about and players that I care about, like in harm's way, but I, I I think it's a terrible idea. And I, you know, I I think we've made that perfectly clear at this point so we can wrap up, but, um, it'll be super interesting to see what happens, man. Um, you know, as always, uh, good talking to you. Um, <sighs> yeah. yeah, sorry, that was like a very weird and rambling conversation, uh, oh, man. that, yeah, but I don't know, at this point, like, it's, it's just impossible to, like, organize my thoughts in any sort of, like, structured, coherent way, there's just, Same. like, too much shit going on, um, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's all, it's, yeah, um, it's, it's gonna all be a little overwhelming. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be a really interesting couple of days here, because I know you had some key dates that you, you mentioned to me offline that you outlined, and I think we're gonna start hearing from a lot of players who are on the fence, who want to play, who don't want to play, who fail, who fail a coronavirus test. Um, right, so- I heard, so in the, uh, in the guidelines they sent out, um, July 20, or sorry, June 25th, I believe, is like the date that... Um, players are supposed to alert their teams if they're not going to be playing um but then i also heard on some podcasts like half asleep that um that's kind of a soft date and that like july 1 is actually like sort of the more harder deadline i don't know if you ever if you heard that or read that anywhere um i mean but but basically yeah like i think the truth is these guys are going to be pulling the plug in real you know what i mean like i think it's totally possible that someone's going to go to the bubble they'll be there for two days and be like no i'm really uncomfortable i need to leave i'm sorry find me whatever you need to find me i know this is really disappointing for the raptors fans or whomever but i need to leave i don't feel safe right now so 
Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. it's going to be an interesting uh, few days, interesting few weeks. We'll stay on top of it, Ben. A lot to uh, discuss and look forward to here the next few weeks as we uh, continue to churn out the podcast. Thanks, as always, for, for talking and listening. And uh, yeah, man, I'll talk to you next week, all right? Yes. A pleasure is always, my friend, uh, albeit a strange one. <laughs> You've been listening to Swish. 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 Swish.